you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Post Game Podcast. Carolina 90, Louisville 83. Before we get started, let me talk about Johnny T-Shirt. JohnnyT-Shirt.com, great sponsors of this podcast and of Inside Carolina. And your uh, premium order or your premium subscription for Inside Carolina gets you access to 10% off to all the gear you can imagine. Basketball gear, football gear, every sport you can think of that North Carolina plays, Johnny T-Shirt has it. And they're getting ready for spring. Baseball gear, anything you need, please shop Shop them on Franklin Street, shop them online, take care of them. We're in with the post game podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. I've got Sherelle McMillan with me and Sherelle. I said it off air, I'll say it here. I can't believe Mike Pegues saw the end of that ball game. And quite frankly, if he'd have gone Jim Boheim, Bobby Knight, like you mentioned, any number of coaches that have lost their mind, I would not have blamed him. What a disgraceful ending for ACC officiating tonight. It's ACC officiating. I, I, I guess we can't particularly be surprised, but um, – <laughs> Yeah, I would have thrown a chair and, you know, done some some other stuff and maybe made some noises and, and yelled at some people, run up in the crowd, just got my money's worth. Uh, I would have got a sec- second technical for sure. It was, um, man, was, I don't really know how to start <laughs> processing that. It just ended we're recording this now, but that, that was a lot uh, in 45 minutes. Um, you saw, I think, the really good of North Carolina and what they can be. And you saw probably the lowest of the low of North Carolina and how they looked in some of these blowouts within the same game, it, it, you know, really within the same half because they had gotten up 10 um, about midway through the second half. It looked like we talked about all week, like, will Louisville just decide, you know what, this is not our year. Our coach is gone. You know, we, we had a good game against Duke and couldn't close it out on Saturday. Let's just pack it in. And, you know, UNC up 10, hitting a couple of shots. You think, okay, this is where UNC goes up 15 and coast to a, you know, nine or 10 point win. And they just fell apart. I mean, point blank, they just fell apart over that stretch. And I think the uh, Ellis kid hit four threes and a two on a, like a 14 to two personal run basically. Um, And then it was a game from there on out. So I think the positive is they won an ACC road game and we talked about it. They, they had to find two or three somewhere. And even though this Louisville team is diminished and, uh, Malik Williams didn't play and Roosevelt Willer didn't play. It's still Yum Center is still a tough place to get a victory. There have been much better Carolina teams playing, you know, maybe slightly better Louisville teams who go in there and don't play well. So any ACC road win is a good win, but I don't know. Some of the same stuff that we've been worried about with this team crept up again in this game. They overcame it this time. It's the first time they really, I think, overcame it, especially on the road. But I don't know. It's just hard to trust them, man, because they can't is can't string together, you know, a good 30 or 35 minutes. They, they play 
10 minutes good and, and, and 20 minutes poorly. And then they play 15 minutes great and five minutes poorly. And it's just so inconsistent. We've talked about the variance uh, with this team. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at, man, after watching that. It was like you saw everything from the season within, you know, really one half. Yeah, like you mentioned, um, yeah, I, I, I can't process it. Uh, I mean, you mentioned they look really good. They get up 55-45. And with 12.35 left, you think Carolina's rolling is smooth. And then it just – it reminded me of, like I mentioned on Saturday, of the wagon that is rolling smoothly and just loses a wheel. And it does something crazy. And then Carolina does that. I mean, Caleb Love was in the middle of that. Um, you know, he, he struggled mightily. If you want to see something really ugly, look at the play-by-play on the official stats on that stretch there when Louisville got back in it. But to his credit, he came back and made some shots late um, to come in. I think this team shows, though, Rail, and we've talked about how good Baycott is. We've talked about everybody else. But this this team really rides on what Caleb Love does. Is it is it true, or is it just something that appears that way? No, I think it's irrefutable at this point. Um, you know, even though he didn't play well for most of the game, um, as you said, he kind of turned it on there. Um, well, let's let's kind of look through it. So the first half, I think he was over two. He had an assist and two turnovers. So first half didn't do much, but Carolina was up one. So they were they were right there with Louisville. I think in the second half, he made a concerted effort to to drive and and kick. And he had three or four possessions in a row where he made some excellent decisions. Um, I think he hit Manic for a three. I think he hit R.J. Davis for a three, and he might have hit Manic for a layup or something. It just really good decisions, really crisp, uh, really intentional in what he was trying to do. And then from there, he had that stretch where, you know, he helped contribute to, um, I guess it was a 12, nothing Louisville run of, or 14 two, one of the two. Um, and you're like, man, that, that was rough. You know, he missed a couple of shots and then, um, you know, things are going well, they get the lead back. He, he plays a little bit better. And then in the regulation, I think he just didn't realize time and score, um, maybe didn't realize that he could call timeout. And that's what led to the layup that tied it up. Uh, then he comes out into overtime and hits a three on the second possession. And just like he did, forgot all of it. Oh, when they were down four, he was the one who brought him back down four to tie the game. Yep. Um, you know, he hit two free throws and he had a little runner on the baseline. So the variance is just, it's crazy. I, I don't know that I've seen another Carolina player um, that can be so good and then struggle so much within the same space, um, within the same half, you know, within the same half of a half. Um, in, in a long time and within the same media timeout. Yeah. Yeah. Within the same media timeout, but you know, I guess you have to give him some credit because he shakes it off and he's able to deliver. I mean, he hit what, six or seven free throws mm, in five overtime for six to, on overtime. five for six. Yeah. To help close it out. And he had a three. Um, so he had eight points in overtime. And that, if you ask anybody, they'd be like, Kalo had eight points in, in overtime. Um, but yeah, he did. So yeah, man, it, it, it seems to be that, when he's playing well, they, they have a great chance to win. Um, and when he's not, usually they don't. But again, tonight kind of bucks some of the trends we talked about. It was a road game. They never got down by 10 or 15. They didn't come out sleepy. Um, they found a way to win even after they gave up, gave up a big lead. Um, so tonight was a little atypical. And, and maybe it's a jumping off point moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, Love's box score will not be pretty. Uh, three for 18, one for six, that one – and overtime was big, of course, nine for 10. Six assists, you know, the four turnovers you don't want to see, especially the one at the end. I always say if there's not five in front of you, there's got to be one behind you. And he lost sight of that there at the end. But credit him. He made some shots late. 
Um, looking at the box score that I'm looking at, this is another one of those things with Carolina basketball you're just not used to seeing. Love three for 18. <laughs> R.J. Davis had 15 shots. Baycott had 15 shots. Manic had 18 shots. And Manic basically kept them in the game there for a stretch. Uh, Manic played 41 minutes. Davis played 43 Leaky Black played 43. And to be quite honest, Baycott, we'll, I want to talk about Baycott separately in a minute, but let's talk about Leaky Black. I mean, did you imagine, if I'd have told you before this game, Sherelle, that Leaky Black's going to go four for four, three for three, and two for two for 13 points and hit big three after big three and keep Carolina in it and push Carolina ahead, what would you have said? Uh, I figured they would have won by about, you know, 30. You know, if, if Lee is making, you know, those kind of open shots. But, I mean, I, honestly, I'm, I don't think I'm being prisoner in the moment. I'm, I'm thinking. I know he played really well against Duke a couple years ago. But that might be the best game overall of his career, all things considered. Playing 43 minutes. Um, really, you know, North Carolina didn't play a bench tonight, essentially. Um, having to uh, switch on to Ellis late in the second half, he slowed him down. That really, uh, I think, helped North Carolina a ton. Uh, once Leakey got on Ellis there late in the second half because um, he he helped slow him down and uh, he had been killing North Carolina for most of the second half. And then, you know, anytime you get offense for him, it's, it's a plus. But, you know, he looked like a marksman out there. Uh, three from three from three, like he said, uh, five rebounds, four assists, no turnovers. It's not going to get much better than that for, from Leakey, really for anyone. Um, that's as clean of a game is, you know, really you can play, I think, in college basketball, all things considered, as a wing, as, as a non-primary scorer. So, um, you know, he definitely is the player of the game, I think, for UNC. Did a little bit of everything, um, both sides, and again, 43 minutes, um, chasing around the best perimeter players from, from Louisville. That's that's something, and he's going to be commended. And now that's, that's the, what, uh, two of the last three games, I think he's been in double figures. So maybe he's figuring something out, and he's getting more comfortable offensively. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he hit the rim on his shots. I mean, he looked he looked really good. He looked like the leaky black we've been expecting forever. We've said that before, so we'll see if he can carry it over to Saturday uh, against the school from Durham. But, I mean, like you said, 13-5-4, you can't beat that in 43 no minutes. No, no turnovers. turnovers. Yep. Carolina only had 10 turnovers total. As ragged as that game looked, if you told me Carolina only had 10, I never would have <laughs> believed it either. Here's yeah. another stat for you, Rail, that is uh, pretty incredible. Let me get it so I don't misquote it. Bench points, Louisville 44, Carolina 0. Hmm. McCoy played one minute. Walton and Puff Johnston played 10 apiece. I mean, Hubert Davis is going to drive it, man. He's going to drive it to the wheels come off of it. It worked tonight, but wow, just another, another non-typical Carolina game. Yeah. I mean, all the stats are basically five players have every stat. Um, we're, just not, we're just not used to it. Um, I don't know. It is, it is very strange. One thing that was good though, um, even though at times it seemed like they, they kind of got into a little, um, AAU reflex, let's call it. They still had, uh, 18 assists, 31 field goals and 18 assists. That's a pretty good ratio. So uh, one of the things we've always talked about is that when this team moves the ball, um, and, and gets open shots for their shooters, they have guys who can knock it down and they proved it again tonight. I mean, 12 for 26 from three is pretty you know, really, really, really good when you consider how well they shot it on Saturday. So that's two really good shooting performances from three for UNC. And honestly, I, I wouldn't have minded if they took a, a, little, a few more because uh, it seemed like they were able to get open shots. And, and Davis and Manic and, and Love have proven they can knock those down. So um, 
Yeah, just a, a, a very interesting transition um, over the last year for, for UNC. If you watched this game, you thought it was ugly and, and just an ugly, gross basketball game. You look at the stats, and it's not. It, it's fascinating um, looking at the paper versus looking at what you saw with your eye test. Let's talk about Armando Baycott. I mean, he's getting tired of it, I think. Uh, yeah. It, it looks to me like a guy who is tired of getting beat on like he has all season. 19 and 22 tonight. I mean, can he be any better? He could make the bunnies. I think he's struggling with his hurt hand. But can he battle any harder than he battled tonight? It was just a great game from him, I thought. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. He's tired of it. Uh, and it's something a lot of people have noticed. He takes a lot of contact just because he's bigger than everybody else. And it's kind of, you know, the, the Shaq rules, how, how Shaq would be like, you know, they're, they're killing me down here. But, uh, you know, you're 7'1". Uh, at that point, I guess Shaq was 7'1", 300, something like that. The ref's like, I'm not going to call that when a 6'5 guard just slaps you on the hand, but it's still a foul. I think I'm Rondo, I think that's what he's been dealing with. And they they definitely, I think it was in the game plan uh, for Curry especially to really play him physical and see if they could get him to back down a little bit. And that didn't happen this game. Um, maybe in the past, last year, maybe it would have happened, maybe even earlier this year. Um, but I think you're seeing a, a resolute Armando Baycott know that he can dominate anybody, most anybody that he's playing against, and he's going to make sure he tries to do it. I do think the, the bunnies are an issue, but mostly because of the injured hand. Um, but he's, it's not like he missed. He was 8 for 15, so I mean, it's still solid. Um, but, yeah, he's 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 playing at a, at a all-ACC, ACC player of the year, all-American level for sure. Um, 19 points and 22 rebounds. And as a big guy, again <laughs> – uh, Manic played 43 and Baycott played 39. That's just not what you expect from big guys, let alone Carolina big guys. Um, so it's it, it's just a weird bot score. It's a weird night. It's a weird game. Um, but in the end, they won. And that's really all that matters. Um, and they got a road win. Yeah, and they are a half game out of first place in the ACC, which is pretty incredible. It, the thing about this, you know, you always talk about sports and like the fine line between winning and losing. Like, you know, what happens if, you know, that that 70 foot heave goes in instead of being half a game out of first place, North Carolina, seven and four. It's they've lost on the road again. They're 15 and seven. Are they in the tournament? Are they on the bubble? Are they first four out? Just, you know, those small little things um, are the difference between, you know, who gets in and who doesn't and how perception is. That's why I, I try not to be prisoner in the moment. Like they won the game. I don't know. If they got better as a team, maybe they did. Um, but, you know, you just see some of the same mistakes happening over and over. And they kind of won in spite of themselves almost. Um, yep. So it was it was just a weird deal. Um, but, you know, credit to them. We've been talking about road wins. They got one. Yeah. And, and wrapping up here, and I agree with you, um, they won in spite of themselves. I think that is a perfect way to put it because they certainly did a lot to lose it, but they did a lot to come back and win it. Right. By seven. <laughs> That's why I don't, it's so it's, it's, it's frustrating. And we've used the term maddening because they, they did a lot of stuff to hurt themselves and then they did a ton of stuff to come back and win the game. Um, so you have to give them credit for it, but I, I don't know if you can fully buy into them until they put together, you know, a, a full clean, crisp game and they just haven't been able to do that yet. and maybe they're not capable maybe that's what it is but yeah. maybe um, we're see. expecting too much i don't know yeah maybe yeah maybe maybe saturday carolina goes in having won four straight 
playing at home, I started to say during the game, just burn the blue jerseys and take the white ones on the road and force the home team to wear something different. But Duke comes to town. It is uh, – let's talk about it just briefly as a preview. It is not a good matchup for North Carolina. I do not think. Sherelle, you follow it, and you're more attuned to that better than I am. Um, we talked about Baycott. He's going to have his hands full on Saturday. Somebody else is going to have to step up. What, what are you thinking with Duke looming for Carolina? Yeah, I think the first thing for UNC uh, is to get home and get some rest because uh, they've, they've had a lot of games. This was a physical game that went into overtime. So you expect they'll get home late tonight. Um, just take Wednesday and Thursday rest and, and recuperate and just kind of get your legs back. Like, you know, when Caleb Love, he doesn't miss those kinds of dunks often um, like he had in, in the second half. And I think to me that that looked like fatigue to me. Like he just didn't have what he usually has because he's playing so many minutes. And this is like the fifth game in 11 days or whatever it is. Um, so rest is the first thing. And then from there, uh, I, I'm really curious to see how they defend Paolo Bencaro. We, we talked about it on the coast to coast. Um, what is what is the strategy there? Because Brady Manick, you know, tries really hard and he, he can play some some decent defense. But, you know, Paolo is kind of a different beast. Um, he's an athletic, you know, 6'10 guy who will just shoot over the top of you, no matter how good of a defender you are or positional defender you are. Um, so I'm curious how they handle that. Uh, and then from there, you know, if Armando Baycott can get Mark Williams into a little bit of foul trouble, that could change everything as well. And vice versa, if Mark Williams can get Armando Baycott in a lot of foul trouble, I don't know if North, I, I know North Carolina probably doesn't have enough to beat Duke. Um, but if you force Ben Caro in there or Theo John in there to play Baycott, then I think North Carolina can, you know, take advantage of, of that matchup. So I don't know that Banchero is, is a plus defender. Um, or that he's interested in being a plus defender. Yeah. So that, to me, Bancaro and how um, how they uh, interact with him on both sides, how they play him on defense and how they attack him on offense is is the key for me. It'd be interesting. I think that's the, a good point for that game going in. Is Duke going to be interested in defending? Um, because I think at times they have not been, and it, it's bitten them a little bit. But Carolina's at home. Smith Center would be crazy, but you're right. Get some rest. Carolina guts out a road win. It wasn't pretty, except on the stat sheet. I, I, I'll go back to it. You know, my, my favorite phrase is what is greater than how, and the what is more important is – as much as we want to uh, critique and, and criticize the, the what, I mean, the how, they got it done. And that's really all that matters. It's, it's, a win. it's a win on the road in the ACC. Again, those are invaluable. Your, your motto and mine, you get what you allow, certainly go hand in hand for this one tonight. Carolina gets that win, goes to half game out of first place in the ACC. Think about that, folks. Playing Duke Saturday for the ACC lead. What a strange, crazy story trip this has been sherelle i appreciate you joining me it's been yep. inside carolina post game pod of course sponsored by johnny t-shirt and johnny t-shirt.com rate us review us subscribe spotify like us uh, do all of that just do it join us for the post game on duke on saturday we should have dewey might have rail if he'll come back might do that live we'll see and also join joey powell and i inside carolina live saturday morning from 10 to 12 as always it's been fun 
Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.